Good morning. morning. If you would, I have everybody turn their Bibles this morning to Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12. We'll be going over question 69 this morning, which is the fifth commandment. Follow along with me as we read. The fifth commandment is honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Exodus 20, verse 12. Last week we finished commandment number four, which was the first table of the law. There were two stones. The first table was summarized in the New Testament by saying, Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, thy mind, and thy spirit. And the second table being to love thy neighbor as thyself. It's very peculiar that God starts the second table with honoring your parents, starting as a child. And I'd like you to see this morning that honor, honoring authority really stems from a humble and a meek spirit. You must humble yourself first. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you this morning, Lord. We, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your commandments, dear God, that show us our sinfulness and our need for a Savior. We thank you, dear God, that you did not leave us just with this law, Father, but you came and accomplished this law for us that are in Christ, Lord. That we're saved not only by your death and resurrection, dear God, but we're saved by your life, Father, that you kept the law perfectly on our behalf. We pray for your help this morning, dear God. Just open our eyes, we pray. We pray for your spirit to descend upon us. In Christ's name we do ask it. Amen. If you would turn to Ephesians chapter 6. And Paul starts off in Ephesians chapter 6 and he actually quotes this in verse 3 Exodus chapter 20 about the fifth commandment verses 1 through 3 it says children notice it says obey your parents here instead of honor obedience is honor in the Lord for this is right Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may be well with you, sorry, thee, and that thou mayest liveth long upon the earth. A definition of honor I found studying this week, it says to mean, means to give weight to someone, to grant a person a position of respect and even authority in one's life. It is an attitude of respect, courtesy, and reverence, and it should be accompanied by appropriate attention or even obedience. Honor without such action as obedience and attention is incomplete. It is just lip service. Isaiah said this in chapter 29, verse 13. He said, Wherefore the Lord saith, For as much as this people draw near with me with their mouth and with their lips do honor me. 
but their hearts are far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precepts of men. They honor God with their mouths, but their actions did not back up what they said. They were a haughty people, a stiff-necked people, the Bible teaches us. They would not, as Jimmy spoke about last week, about having to put a bit in a horse's mouth. They were wild and unruly, and so many times so were we. If you would turn to James chapter 2, Jimmy's preached through this in the last couple of weeks, but I'd just like you to see a couple things here about disobedience, this humbleness, this honor, this obedience. It stemmed from a faith that has action behind it. You can't just say, you must do, or it being dead by itself chapter 2 let's just look at a few verses verse 17 and like I said Jimmy's preached through this just want to hit a few points it says even so faith if it have not works is dead being alone I could say that I honor my father Jesse and my mother Bonnie but if I'm not obedient to what they've taught me it's dead it's just words Verse 20, it says, But will thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Verse 22, Seest thou how faith wrought his works, and by works was faith made perfected? Verse 24, You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. And I'm not talking about justification for the process of salvation, but if you claim to say something, you claim to believe something, your actions must back it up, or it's just vain words. Verse 26, it says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. And the point I want to make is the works that we speak of today is the humbling of oneself to the authority that our God has set over us. In the garden, he started with a man and a woman, a husband and a wife, and he gave them children. And this is how God has set the order of things. The man, the woman, the children. This is how our society was built upon the word of God. And our society has nothing to do with that anymore. Men don't know what a man is anymore. Women don't know what a woman is anymore. They have gender confusion. You see that children are going through gender surgery changes at six and seven years old. They want nothing to do with the parameters which God has set in his word. There's no humility in them. There's no obedience. They want it their own way. You know the words of our Lord Jesus where he said, Why do you call me Lord, Lord? and do not the things that I say. Turn to Leviticus 19. The fifth commandment requires the preserving, the honor, and to perform the duties belonging to everyone in their several places and relations as superiors, inferiors, or equals. In other words, that if we have somebody that God has set over us, how are we supposed to respond to them? 
If we have someone that's underneath us, how are we supposed to respond to them? Or if we have someone who is our equal, how are we to respond to them as well? All the same way. Leviticus 19 in verse 32, it says here that thou shalt rise up before the hoary head, meaning the gray hair, and honor the face of the old man and fear thy God, I am thy Lord. Our elders, even though they may not be our father, they may not be our grandfather, but if God has put them in our life, we're supposed to respect them. We're supposed to give them due honor. 1 Peter chapter 2. What is required in our relationship to one another? First Peter chapter 2, verse 17. I'm sorry, I'm in second Peter. Chapter 2 and verse 17, it says, Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. I'll read verse 18 at Wells. It says, Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only the good and gentle, but also the froward. Romans 13, if you turn there. Paul speaking about governments and powers that God has put over us and ordained. And I know this is a very, very touchy subject in our nation in the last eight years. I didn't vote for him. He's not my president. That shows a level of not being humble. That shows pride. Because I could promise you this, whoever is sitting in the office of the state of president of the United States right now, he did not get there simply by your vote. God put him there, whether for the betterment of our country or for the judgment because of what we have done. Romans 13, 1, it says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher power, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Now, if that power tells you to disrespect this Bible and do not what it says to do, then, of course, you do not do that. But just because you simply disagree with their political arena, that doesn't mean that you stand on top of this pulpit like I've seen most preachers do and howl like a dog. This is not the place for that. We're supposed to honor the authority. And by honor the authority, we're honoring our Lord Jesus Christ and our Father. Romans 12, page back here, look at verse 10. It says, be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. Whether you're in a higher exalted place than your brother or your sister, we're supposed to prefer one another. And I know it seems like I'm jumping off context here, but the whole point is humility. This is how we're supposed to serve one another. And if we can't exhibit this, 
out in the world, especially with our little ones watching us, how can we expect them to honor us if we won't show honor to the authority that God has put over us? It's not just what you say, it's what you do. They're watching. Ephesians 5, if we turn back to the book of Ephesians. We'll see that humility is honor. How do we honor one another? How do we honor our father and mother? How do we honor our God? By humbling ourselves. Not demanding our way. Chapter 5, verse... 21 in Ephesians. I'm all over the place. I'm in Galatians. 521. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Submitting yourselves one to another. I'm not better than you, you're not better than me, but I look at you as better than me. That's my attitude. And I'll confess, I have not done very well at that, nor has any of us. We all terribly fall short. Verse 22, he talks about Wives, submitting yourself unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Not as treating your husband like he's a Lord, but that's the way God has set this up. Submitting yourself to him. Verse 25, he says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. How do us husbands love our wives? by humbling ourselves and caring for them, loving them, meeting their needs, not only physically, but emotionally, and specifically spiritually. Being a godly leader in the home. If a man will not lead, a woman has no choice, but she will have to if he will not. But men, it is your God-ordained right and calling to lead in your homes. That's the way our God has set it up. Colossians chapter 3, if you turn there. Colossians chapter 3. And Paul gives a great summary here. Look at verse 12. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind. This is key. Meekness and long suffering. Look at verse 18. It says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband as it is fit in the Lord. That is the wife's responsibility to submit to her husband. And I would say that he needs to be a godly man worthy of being submitted to. Not a tyrant, but a leader who cares for his family, 
that his children should have no reason not to honor and respect him because he does honorable and respectable things. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. It is the husband's responsibility to not be a tyrant, as I spoke earlier, but to be loving, to be tender, tender to be gentle. The Bible teaches us that we're supposed to dwell with our wives in knowledge, teaching them things. It's a shame in today's society, in evangelical circles, the women typically lead because the men are too busy fishing and hunting and chasing their hobbies. Why do you think that our country is in the state that it's in? Because men have forfeited their God-given right to tickle their fancies instead of leading their families. This is a war we're in. It's a devil that we're fighting every day. Verse 20, children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. It is the child's responsibility to honor and to obey their parents. This is the way God has ordained the family. And it's funny to me how God started off with the, the first commandment being that by loving your neighbor, he starts with children. If they don't start early and they do it their own way and you give them their own way, more times than not, they're not going to honor or respect anybody when they become teenagers and adults. We see that in our society today. It's horrid. There's no honor and no respect for nobody but self. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger lest they be discouraged. When you discipline your children, don't be a mean-spirited tyrant. Use it as an opportunity to teach Love them, correct them with gentleness. The rod has to be used, but not in a spirit of anger, in a spirit of correction. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. As we spoke of earlier, faith without works is dead. And look, I am guilty of that. I'm guilty of that with my employers. I speak when I should not speak a lot. May God help me with that. And whatsoever you do, it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons. Just because you claim to be a child of God, born of the Spirit, washed in the blood, and you go around with a proud, haughty heart and will not listen and will not show honor and will not show respect, I'm not saying that you'll go to hell one day. Your sins are paid for. But you will have hell on this earth. Look at the life of King David. After he did that with Bathsheba, there was turmoil in his house after that. And the scripture says that God sent the turmoil. James 4, 6, it says, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Do you want to be resisted? Or do you want grace? 
I want grace, brothers and sisters, and if I want grace, I need to humble myself. John the Baptist said right after Jesus' baptism, he said that I must decrease in order that he may increase in my life, that we are predestined to be conformed into the image of his son. How do, how do we do that? By standing up and saying, no, I'm going to have it my way. There's no decreasing there. You've set yourself up to be your own God when you say those such things. The fifth commandment forbids the neglecting or doing anything that is against the honor and duty which belongs to everyone and there are several places in relationships. Turn to the book of Proverbs. Show you a few verses here. Start in Proverbs chapter 30. Proverbs 30 talks about those type of people that I was talking about earlier. These They will not listen. They will not show honor. They will not show respect. And this section of Scripture is known as the words of Agar, the son of Japheth. Look at verse 11. He says this, he says, There is a generation that curseth their father and doth not bless their mother. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthiness. There is a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes and their eyelids are lifted up. They're proud and they're arrogant. They will not show honor and they will not show respect. There is a generation whose teeth are as swords and their jaw teeth as knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. Look at verse 17. It says, The eye that mocketh his father and despiseth to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pluck it out, and the young eagles shall eat it. Now, as most of you know, me and Tammy have experienced some things in the last couple months. And we raised children that was not ours from the state. And we got them a little bit later on in their lives after they were above 8 and 10 years old. And a lot of their behaviors were very, very rooted and grounded already. And it was hard not only to reteach, but before you could reteach, you have to undo. And the undoing was impossible to even get to the reteaching. And then history repeated itself with our grandchildren in the same thing. Turn to Proverbs chapter 20. Look at verse 20 here. Whoso curses his father or his mother, his lamp shall be put out in obscure darkness. Chapter 17. Look at verse 25. A foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her 
that bear him. When I was in the world, I was a foolish son. And I brought grief to my father. And bitterness to my mother. Chapter 10, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, a wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. I realize now being a father and also a grandfather and not being listened to and not being obeyed and not being honored. It helps you come full circle and remember your youth when you was a fool. And I apologize to my mother and father for my foolish behavior back then. But I thank God for his salvation that washes all that away. It reminds me of Zacchaeus when Jesus came to his house that day. Zacchaeus not only received the engrafted word, but he said, everybody that I've taken from I'm going to make it right. I'm going to go back and I'm going to pay him four times more than what I took for him. Jesus said, salvation has come to your house today. Not only a confession of sin, but a desire to want to make right what one has done wrong. Second Timothy chapter 3. If you turn there. Paul speaks of this. He says in verses 1 through 3, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And listen to the attributes he speaks of these people. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers. Notice disobedient to parents. Unthankful unholy without natural affection truce breakers false accusers incontinent fierce despisers of those that are good these people will not honor their father or their mother in doing so they will not honor and obey their creator Romans 13 let's look there Again, Paul gives a great exhortation here. And the sad part about it is what we just read in Second Timothy 3. This isn't something that these people have developed by themselves this is how they've been raised this is how they've been taught for so much for the last hundred years in the evangelical church 
in the United States. Parents have taken the responsibility of taking their teaching their children the Bible and the truth of God's word, and they've subcontracted it out to the Sunday school system. Where more so than not, unqualified people were opening a Bible and teaching not truth, just teaching Bible stories about great men and not the truth of obedience and not the truth of sin. We have a generation right now that has walked away from the truth. Romans 13, let's look here at verses 7 and 8. And Paul says here, Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another has done what? He's fulfilled the whole law. And how do we honor? By being obedient to what we're told. Not demanding our own way. But listening. Being not only hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Because if your profession does not line up with your walk, it's just words. And I'll close with this scripture this morning. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 7 and 8, he says, For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. He therefore that despiseth, despiseth not man, but he despiseth God, who hath also given to us his Holy Spirit. Those words right there that were written down on papyrus was not written to an unbelieving world. That was written to the church at Thessalonica. Because us as Christians fall into this so easy. I'm preaching to me this morning. I had been so convicted by going through the Ten Commandments. Just because my doctrine's correct doesn't mean my heart's always correct. God has not called us to uncleanness, but unto holiness. And if we demand our way, we're not despising man. It's not the man. I'm refusing to love and honor my God when I do that. Let us pray. But before we pray, I'd like you to ask yourself the same questions that I asked myself studying this week. You fathers, are you loving your wives as Christ loved the church? You wives, are you bringing reverence unto your husbands? And you children, are you obeying your parents and the Lord for this is right? I pray that you'd search your hearts this day and this week. Enter into this. For God has not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. He's called us to obedience, not perfection. Christ is our perfection. As we learned last week, he is our rest, but unto holiness. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your rebuke, dear Lord. We thank you that 
you love us enough not to leave us in the state that we find ourselves from time to time, but with your loving correction by your word, Father, that you're purifying unto yourself a peculiar people, zealous of good works, as your Bible says, Lord. We pray for your help in that, Lord. Forgive us where we fail here, dear Lord. Forgive us, dear God, have we have not taken the responsibility that you have put on us to teach our children, Lord. Help us to be good examples in front of them, dear Lord. And not just throwing the work to somebody else that's not their responsibility. Forgive us for that as a church in the last century, dear God. Help us reestablish that family altar, dear God, to where we teach our family and we teach our children at the kitchen table, dear Lord. Help us in this, Father. Be with the children back there as Jimmy's teaching them, dear Lord. Open their little hearts to understand their sin, dear God. Help them to be obedient, dear God. Help them to come to know Christ as their Savior. Be with us in the next hour, Father. May your word go forth with power. And may you be glorified in all that is said and done this morning. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.